Hey everyone, welcome to the Hope Young Adult Ministry Podcast. My name is Carrie White and I get to be part of the Hope Young Adult staff team and I love doing what I get to do and today I get to be with one of my co-workers. This is Terry Fowler. She is on the staff at Hope as well and I would just love for you to share a little bit about what you do at Hope and why you love what you do. Because I can tell that you love what you do. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Hey, guys. Um, yeah, like Carrie said, my name is Terry Fowler, and I get to be part of our special needs ministry team here at Hope. And I think probably my favorite part of this is that we get to break things. <laughs> I like that a lot. Right? Right? Um, and I don't mean your typical things, but we get to break things like barriers and obstacles, and we get to break down walls. And I think that's what I love most about this because we have families who come to Hope for the first time and tell us they haven't been to church in, I don't know, X number of years. And the reason for that is because they've either been made to feel unwelcome, it's hard to get there. Or in extreme circumstances, they've actually been asked to leave a church. And so for us to be in a place where we're able to start breaking down those barriers to people getting to know Jesus, um, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I love that so much. It's often when I get to talk to people about learning from you, well, it, it will be a, I love Terry, she's one of my favorite people, because you have this passion that exudes from you for people knowing Jesus and people knowing Jesus together and breaking down those walls in community that recognize, and this is, you see this all over Paul and in the New Testament, that, that we are want, right? Yeah. There's this unity that the church is called to, and you you don't just talk about that, you live that. Yeah. Thank you. And I get to see that in you. And one of the ways that you do that, you just got back from Belize. And I, I would love to know a little bit about what you got to do. Yeah. Um, well, surprisingly enough, it was not scuba diving. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think a lot of people just assume that when we say we're in Belize, we're on a beach. But we are actually working in one of the most rural districts of Belize. It's the southernmost district. And we serve individuals there who are impacted by special needs. And I was there, gosh, it's been six years that we've been working in that particular district. And getting to meet, from the first time we were there, getting to meet families who have a child impacted by special needs and seeing, (laughs) you want to talk about barriers, seeing the barriers there, Um, whether it's trying to hike down literally the side of the mountain to get your child that you have to carry anywhere. Um, They have some barriers. And so to be able to take the love of Jesus into their home and overcome the stereotypes that are there, uh, that perhaps it's a sin in your life that has caused you to have a child with special needs, or perhaps, um, you know, It's something that you did somewhere along the way that has caused this. A lot of families still believe that, and a lot of villages that we work in, the people there believe that. And so families there are extremely isolated, and their children don't have access to the gospel. And so to be able to go in and tell these children and I'm going to get all teary-eyed, but okay. to be able to tell, tell these families and their children, you are loved by God. You are created for a purpose regardless of your ability level. Uh, there is something to that that brings a hope that 
the whole world needs to hear, but especially those that live in isolation. So, yeah, we were there um, for only five days, but we were there to equip others who we've identified in each village to be able to carry out those home visits in our absence because COVID's taught us over the past two years we haven't been able to go. And so that the need to have someone who lives there that can actually walk you know, 100 yards and go into a home is critical. And so we were there equipping others to, to be able to carry that out, which is really cool. That's a really beautiful, and I think the epitome, if, if that's the right word, of loving people where they are, which is something that we talk a lot about at Hope. We, we hope to love people where they are and encourage them closer to Jesus. It kind of infuses everything that we do. So what does it mean to you? to love people where they are and encourage them to grow closer to Jesus? You know, I think if you, if you think about what Jesus told us are the two greatest commandments, and that is to love God and love others, very simply put, of course. But that's, that's what it boils down to. We love God and we love others. And that doesn't mean that I'm to love people that are just like me. That means I need to love people who don't look like me, who don't act like me, who don't think like me, who learn differently than, differently than me. And it's really that simple of a concept, but it's not that simple to do and to carry out. But Jesus was our perfect model when he hung out with the tax collectors and he hung out with the sinners. And I think about that and it's it's hard, right? Because it pushes us into something that we're not always comfortable with because maybe it's a new situation that we've never had experience interacting with someone who maybe struggles with addiction or who has some real relationship challenges or maybe who just thinks and learns differently than, than, than we do. And so it is uncomfortable, but it is what we're called to do. And when we step into that and we step into what what we're created for, it opens us up to opportunities to grow ourselves. Um, so yeah, I think it's a simple concept, <laughs> but it's not something that's, that's truly easy to implement, if we're honest. Mm -hmm. And I think that the idea of honesty there, I think, is, is part of it, because so often we talk about community a lot. In, in young adult ministry, we talk about community all the time. Yeah. And we want to build a, a community where people are loved where they are and encouraged to grow closer to Jesus. But sometimes we romanticize the idea of community. Mm -hmm. And it, it becomes a, uh, it's going to feel good all the time and people are going to understand everything I'm thinking and feeling and I'm going to, you know, oh, yeah. it's going to be great and easy and, and we romanticize it. And then we hit a roadblock and maybe we have a disagreement with someone or we don't understand someone else's perspective because they have a different life story than we do or they're struggling with something different than we do. And in our modern culture, it's really to then easy to just like peace out then. Right. You know? So what would you encourage when we're talking about diverse community and inclusive community, what would you encourage people is the benefit of saying, no, I'm going to choose this even when it's hard and awkward and uncomfortable. Yeah. Gosh, that's a great question. I think, honestly, there's a, there's a few different things, but I think the fact that we can step into that and know that that's what God is calling us to do. 
there's that, right? Like if we are Christ followers and we are trying to be obedient to God and what he puts in front of us and who he puts in front of us, then we can go to sleep at night and know, wow, so this is what it means. When God, te- when God tells us to love our neighbor as ourselves, this is what that looks like. And I think there's, at least for me, there's a satisfaction in knowing when I've done something hard and I'm on the other side of it. Um, gosh, you mentioned like it's hard, peace out. And that was kind of my motto for a lot of years um, with family, with friends that, that we had disagreements with. I think it was more of a kind of a protection thing for me personally. But I think that's, that's what we see a lot of times is we don't necessarily expect it to be hard because you said, you know, we kind of romanticize and it, it is, it's a beautiful idea, but until you're in the trenches and you, you see, gosh, that re- this really does take work. All relationships take work. My marriage takes work. My role as a mom takes a lot of work. My role as a friend, as a colleague, it all takes work. And when we, when we make the commitment to say, I'm going to dig in, I'm going to figure this out. God's going to help me figure this That's out because there's a lot of that in it. And we're going to get through this. Any relationship that is worth its weight in gold is worth the work that it takes to get there. And again, there's just satisfaction in knowing that that you didn't give up. Yeah, there's the growing side of things that so often comes from, and I've gotten to see it in some really beautiful ways recently, some friends that have had disagreements and, and, and like hurt, honestly, Absolutely. hurt one another, you know, and, and because they're experiencing different kinds of hurt. And so underneath a lot of our disagreements is often some kind of hurt mm-hmm. that we're, we're not fully aware of yet, right? For sure. And, and I've gotten to see them choose to lean into it rather than just shut it down yeah. and move away. And the reconciliation that happens there and the redemption of relationships that happens mm-hmm. there, which is a really beautiful thing too. And I think that's part of it, Carrie, is that we don't know everyone's story. We work together. I don't know all of your story. You don't know all of my story. And that's certainly going to be the case with someone who's coming into a group that we're just meeting. And so I think one of the things that has helped me the most is, I mean, you think about the Covey habits, right? It's seek first to understand and then be understood. And just, just the realization that I don't know your story. I don't know where you're coming from. I don't know what happened to you five minutes before you walked in the door. I don't know what the cause is for the reaction I'm getting, for the attitude I'm getting, for um, the social interactions. Like, I don't know. And so the reality is in those moments, we do tend to judge and I mean, we're human, right? That's, that's the human side of us coming out. We tend to judge. But if, if we can just think through the fact that, gosh, there's a lot of layers to this human being that God created right in front of me. Maybe if I reserve judgment and get to know them, I can understand what's behind it. And that's ultimately what all of us want is we want to, 
We want to be seen and known and we want to be understood. And that is a common, you know, with all of our differences in diversity and all of all of the things that we might not understand about each other, that is true of, of human beings in general. Oh. You know, we want to be seen and heard and understood and have a place to belong. Yes. And that is yes. what the church is called to yeah. provide for people. What do we do? I heard you say the the two sides of that. First, seek to understand and then seek to be understood. And one of the questions I had was, what do we do with the discomfort that comes with differences? How would you flesh that out a little bit more when we get in this place of, of interacting with someone who's really different than we are? How do we, how do we deal with that discomfort? Sure. I think recognizing that it's going to be uncomfortable, like expecting it, right? Knowing that if I go into young adult worship night, I don't know who I'm going to meet. And there's going to be a lot of people there that are probably going to be different than me. And that's a beautiful thing. And so expecting it, right? Like every social <laughs> situation I walk into, <laughs> I already expect discomfort because I am an introvert at heart. And so stepping out into a big group of people that I don't know, like I already know, like this is going to be uncomfortable. So how am I going to handle it? And then you learn to embrace it. You learn to realize that God doesn't grow us in our little bubble. Um, it, it requires us having the faith to step out into that discomfort and, and know that God is right there in it with us. And then I think probably the third thing I would say is to just be committed enough to work through it remembering that we don't understand, fully understand, even if it's your relative, it might be your sister, it might be your spouse, we fully don't understand what's going on. We really just don't, and we never will. And if we can walk into a situation and meeting new people with that in mind, I think it allows us to extend a little bit more grace. You think about the grace that we're given. God knows us completely and fully, our thoughts, the number of hairs on our head, the tears we've cried, like that's how intimately he knows us. But that's, that's God. I don't know you like that. You don't know me like that. And we won't truly ever know anyone to that extent. And just, just being able to offer that, that grace I think is huge. And, and understanding too how grateful I am when I can see someone else offering me that kind of grace. Right. When I, because I often feel like I have to be on in social situations, you know? <laughs> I do. And when I can show up and not be on and be not the carry that people expect, you know, not be enthusiastic or whatever it is that yes. people expect from me and still have someone come alongside of me and love me in that space and offer me that kind of grace, that experience of paying attention to it and being grateful for it allows me to then offer that to someone else, That's knowing true. that I am so desperately needy for that kind of being seen in my hurt, even if it's not fully known what that is or where that's coming from. Yeah. Yeah, and I think just with that in mind, when, 
when I know that I fully belong, when I know that I'm not being judged for, you know, whatever, right? Whether it was the look on my face or whether it was something awkward I said, which happens often, (laughs) or maybe I had a tone because, you know, five minutes before I got in the door, had an argument with someone in my family, right? So it's that acceptance that you're talking about. It's knowing that no matter what, I'm loved, I'm accepted for who I am, and that's going to allow me to open up to you, and that's going to allow me to be in a safe place where I feel comfortable learning about Jesus, where I feel comfortable asking questions. They might be silly. I might ask the question five different ways and five different times, and I'm sure I'm going to annoy somebody, but that's, that's where we grow. That's where I grow. That's where you grow, and truthfully, There's probably somebody else in the room that has that same question that just is scared to ask. And so I think when you you have that kind of community in a place where you're loved, you belong, you're connected, and you're safe, crazy growth happens. We talk a lot about being, and this is from a book called Breaking Free from Body Shame by Jess Connolly, but she talks about being a safe place for people, Mm -hmm. but also being a brave space. So it's that idea that you're not in a safe space so that you get comfortable and don't have to to change. You're in a safe space so that you can be challenged and grow. And we need both of those things. For sure. In in these kinds of communities. I'm going to quote you, which is weird because you're sitting here. (laughs) But you said, and I wrote it, we were just having a conversation, and there's, ooh, I need to write that down. Oh, boy. Carrie, what did I say? (laughs) You said, in talking about this kind of community, you said, this is how we do family. The awkward and uncomfortable has to be okay because this is how we do family. Yeah. What is it about the gospel of Jesus Mm. that allows us to be this kind of family? I think it all boils down to we are loved as we are, and we are loved no matter what. I mean, it's, it's, again, it's a very simple concept, but it's not simple to understand, and it's not simple to implement. But if we consider the grace that we have been given, and we consider the ways in which we have been forgiven and how we've had that modeled for us, it's hard Um, When someone hurts me personally, my initial instinct is not to forgive. When um, someone does something that's offensive to me, it's not. It is not my nature to turn the other cheek and say, gosh, they must have had something really hard going on that day. I am sure they didn't mean that. That's That's the work that God's doing in my heart is to understand it's not all about me. And... If we put a value on our relationships because we know that we, all, we are all created in God's image and we know that we are all loved no matter what, then I think we're more willing to fight for that family and that community that's hard to get to. It's not easy. It's not easy with my, my own family. It's not easy with friends. But if I love that person, it's worth it. It's always worth it. 
Doesn't mean I'm not going to shed any tears or, you know, <laughs> say, say a few words under my breath. But <laughs> I know that life, yeah. It's worth it. It's worth it. We get to be, I think that's the beautiful thing about the gospel is we, we know it, right? We know that we have both, you know, personal sin issues that we need to be healed from. And we know that we have hurts too. Yes. Ways that just living in a broken world has hurt us that might not be something that we even chose or could control, right? right. And Jesus comes to meet us in all of that and gives us this opportunity to be seen and known and loved. And so we, we get to know that in our heads and believe that in our heads. But in community, we get to experience that and live that out and mirror that to one another. And I see that in the way that you minister to us and lead the people that you get to lead. So thank you, thank you. for representing the gospel so beautifully and for sharing with us. Well, it was good to be here. Thank yeah, you. more about the kind of community uh, that we get to be because of the gospel. Thanks for thing. being with us, everybody. Excited to uh, get to catch you next time. Bye, guys. Mm-hmm.